0: Hey there, and welcome to The Post, a Redemption Church podcast. I'm your host for today, J.P. Gaylord. All right, we've got a great show for you today. We will be touching on trends in theology among U.S. evangelicals, which is probably going to be a lot more interesting than that just sounded. We are joined today by the one and only Josh Tovey. Hope everyone's having
1: an amazing day.
0: Me as well, and Charles Kirby. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Charles has his uh, James Earl Jones voice on, so uh, we are going to get started with a little game. And uh, I mean, we're we're not we're not inventing all kinds of stuff over here. We're we're stealing from people, uh, and. Some of these games come from other podcasts. So we're going to give something a try today. It's called the Gift Master Game. And uh, Amy Steed was going to join us, but chickened out at the last minute. Uh, apparently she has work or something she needs to do. So, But I did get a list uh, from her because we needed a list from her. Uh, Josh has a list as well uh, that he came up with. And the idea here is Amy wrote down a list of three gifts possible gifts i have no idea what they are because i haven't read it yet josh came up with a list of three celebrities who are going to be receiving these gifts and it is up to charles the gift master mm. to determine which celebrity no no crossing <laughs> stuff. did they have out. to be
1: alive did they have to be alive no they don't oh, have okay, to be alive okay, okay
0: i thought we meant they did <laughs> Uh, Charles is going to be determining which celebrity gets which gift and for what reasons. Mm. So, Josh, I'm going to have you get started. Uh, would you read your list of celebrities?
1: My list of celebrities, number one is Dolly Parton. Number two is the celebrity known as Donald Trump. And number three is Muhammad Ali.
0: Muhammad Ali. Very good. Charles, you don't need to write any of this down. We'll give you these pieces of paper. All right. Okay, um, yeah, go ahead.
2: I'm writing it down.
0: So those are the three celebrities who are going to be, re- be receiving gifts. And Charles, you as the gift master, you have received these three gifts. Um, a puppy mm-hmm. <laughs> of unspecified uh, breed, a diamond ring, mm-hmm. and an old school iPod. You got it. Uh, she didn't say whether or not it has the video screen on it. Ooh. So it may be capable of playing back the old school vlogs. It may not be. All right. Charles is still taking notes. Got it. We are all set. Easy. All right. Well, let's hear, Charles. Gift master.
2: Uh, Muhammad Ali would get the puppy of undisclosed uh, breed because Muhammad Ali... Uh, needs a little bit of love fluffy love in his life he's been hurting people for a lot of his life and he <laughs> just needs a puppy to be kind and in the last part uh, he's of now life, dead he's really Sound. really really nice and now he's dead so the puppy is needed for him that's it
0: i guess you can maybe specify at what
2: point in his life he gets the puppy um Right after he knocks out Joe Lewis, <laughs> <All right. laughs> he gets a puppy. <laughs> Rather than like a
0: heavyweight title belt, no, he gets no, presented he gets, with a puppy. A what, puppy. <laughs> what, what ki- if you get to define what kind of puppy uh, it is or what kind of dog it is, what kind of puppy are you giving him?
2: I think Muhammad Ali would kill a lot of the puppy breeds that I would have given him. So I will give him um, one that he would appreciate, and I think I'd give him a uh, German Shepherd. You know, there was an easy one
0: right there for the taking. You could have given him a uh, boxer. boxer.
2: No, no, because then he would have been tempted and oh. to be reminded of his beating of people. So and this German Shepard. This
0: is why Charles is the wise gift master.
2: Seriously, thank you. All right. <laughs> Donald Trump, I would give the diamond ring because most likely he's going to have to get married again <laughs> and ask a woman to uh, be engaged. So there you go. There's that one. All right, I feel a disclaimer (laughs) coming on.
0: The previously cited celebrities are not endorsed by Redemption Church or its leadership. They have not been checked for inappropriate or offensive content and should be engaged with at the consumer's
2: own risk. All right, so Donald
0: Trump getting a diamond ring. Yes,
2: and then Dolly Parton, we get the old school iPod because uh, as her singing voice as she gets older wanes, she can go into listening to her old stuff from the previous years and realize what she has become currently and be appreciative of what was and uh, And realize that everything is going to stop eventually. And maybe that would be a cue.
0: That's it. All right. Got a little dark there at the end, but thank you, Charles. You're welcome. All right. And that is our inaugural edition of the Gift Master Game. It went, it went all right. It didn't go off the rails like choose your church planting fantasy draft team did. Seriously. So. That's
2: there was true. no heresy, at least in this one.
0: <laughs> oh, very Me. true. That's true. a zinger from Charles. Josh is rolling his eyes. Um, we won't revisit that. Speaking of heresy, uh, our topic for today is the decline of theological, what would you call it? not not just awareness, but people do not seem to be as concerned about the theological accuracy among U- U- U.S. evangelicals nowadays. There has been a survey put out by Ligonier uh, that asked both the general public as well as U.S. evangelicals a number of different questions. I just wanna read some of the responses. This to me was troubling. Uh, tell us, I guess, uh, what you guys think as well. Uh, the first statement is Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. And among us evangelicals or people who said they were evangelicals, uh, 30% agreed with that. Jesus is a good teacher, but he is not God. Uh, 17% agreed with the statement, modern science disproves the Bible. 46% of U.S. evangelicals or self-identified evangelicals agreed with the statement that most people are good by nature, and 42% agreed with a statement that said God accepts the worship of all religions. Hmm. What's your guys'
2: reaction? Well, my first reaction is that I noticed that there is at least still a majority who hold to Orthodox faith. All of those were at least in the minority, 30% and 17%. Now, the other last two, 40, what was it, 42 and 46? Yeah. Yeah, those are a little troubling. But I think the the different degrees are, it's good that it's in, uh, again, the minority. And I think some of it is worse to believe, perhaps, than others. All of them are wrong and can lead to wrong conclusions about God and about you. Uh, Especially that idea of all mankind is naturally by nature good. I think that that's a that's troubling because that's a higher percentage of people which means that the necessity of the gospel is minimized because if people are already good then there's not really a necessity for evan- evangelism and the passing on of the gospel the good news is that Christ died for sinners not good people.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean all of these would touch on what we would consider core tenets of Orthodox, Christian Orthodoxy, we don't mean Eastern Orthodox, we just mean what it actually means to be a Christian, yeah. uh, because when you start losing what these are getting at, Jesus being God, uh, the the inerrancy and accuracy of the Bible, yeah. uh, the inspired nature of the Bible, uh, humans and the idea that we are by nature sinners and object of, objects of wrath, uh, and that... You know, the last one, God accepts the worship of all religions, seems to begin to push on universalism. And if it's kind of a universalist thing, then we really don't need Jesus. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think you would argue that all of these are pretty core tenets of Christian faith.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The stats don't and are not alarming, I would say, based on just stats historically of the evangelical community. You know, when you think about the one on Jesus, that he was a great teacher, but he was not God, right? Um, What it promotes, though, is the importance of the church actually teaching and training our people that theology matters because it's out of our theology flows our understanding of, of so many things. And so we can see here, like, it could also be that a lot of these evangelicals aren't even a part of a body of Christ, a local expression, aren't a part of a church. But it speaks to the importance of the church and it speaks to the importance of the church providing clarity on who we are and who God is um, and how that speaks to every aspect of our life because that's, you can tell it's a miss just by by those stats, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. We could also argue that the percentages, a percentage of every of, of these things are not evangelical because you actually can't be saved if Jesus is was not God. Like, that doesn't actually work.
0: Right, and just to so, maybe flush that out a little bit more for our listeners, when you say you can't be saved unless you believe that Jesus was God, what exactly does that mean or why would that be the case?
1: Yeah, I mean, because we know that Jesus <clears throat> has existed for all of time but also invaded creation through the virgin birth, lived the perfect life, died a sinner's death, but then three days later rose from the dead, right? And all of that required him to be, to be God. So if you don't believe those things about who Jesus is, that he's just a great teacher, that he was born and gave a great message, um, then the message that he gave, which was central to who he is, he was pointing to himself. So if we can't have a, a biblical theological understanding of who Jesus is, then everything actually falls apart. And what we're doing is wasting our time, I would say.
0: Yeah, well, that's what Paul says, isn't it? If yeah. uh, I mean, It's more tied to the resurrection, and if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then what are we doing? this is all hopeless and vain, and yeah. we're to be pitied among all men. Yeah. Um, well, where does the problem lie? Is it, is it a lack of teaching? Has the, the church, not necessarily redemption, but has the church in America evangelical church, Uh, has it shifted from teaching the important things of faith to maybe catering to uh, more entertaining sermons? Uh, What has gone wrong? And maybe another follow-up question to that as well is, is this a new problem, or has this just kind of always been the case?
2: Yeah. I think if I were to to try to tackle something even that josh said like you can't be saved apart from knowing this the problem is, is that i know in my own life i was saved without knowing that jesus was god like as a five-year-old boy i did not know every theological statement that was mandated by scripture to believe first in order to be saved i don't think the ethiopian eunuch necessarily knew every tenant of theology before he was saved there's many people who are saved on the simplicity of faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then the reality is is that you will not, as a believer filled with the Spirit or given the Spirit of God to guide you into truth, you will not deny major tenets of what the Bible teaches. So I think that's an aspect of it, is that to your point, much of it would be perhaps an ignorance. Uh, I don't believe that people... Um, Well, I do believe that people even within, let's say, Roman Catholicism are saved even in spite of the teachings of Roman Catholicism. Because if you look at the tenets of Roman Catholicism, it's not going to lead you to the gospel. Yet I do believe that throughout history even, people were saved in spite of the wrong teachings of the Catholic Church and other organizations that would call themselves Christian or evangelical in this sense, that people are saved in spite of that. So I would, I would uh, probably say that this is a common problem. I think it has to do with much, uh, maybe illiteracy of the ability to understand, to read and understand the Bible, but also people's lack of uh, even exposure to good, sound biblical teaching. But I think the thing that makes you prove your salvation is that you will not deny those major tenets when they are given to you. Now I would take pains to say, perhaps the second one. What, what was the second one? The science one. Yeah, modern science disproves the Bible.
0: Is the second, the second response that seventeen percent of uh, self-identifying U.S. evangelicals agreed with. Yeah,
2: yeah. See, some of those things like those are obviously like flare-up statements. Like denies the the proof of the Bible. Like, yeah. To me, part of that is okay. What do we mean by that? Like, what do, you, what do you mean by it disproves the Bible? It's reliability, it's divine nature. Like, what does it disprove?
0: Yeah, and that's fair. I don't know how in-depth they got uh, or how nuanced they made that question on the actual survey. but
1: I would say, though, I don't think you can know, you can be a believer if you don't believe that Jesus is God's son. I mean, even at a yeah. five-year-old, yeah. you have to know that. Like, that's you have to know understand that he died in your place and he rose again, which yeah. would imply... That he's the son of God and is God, right? Yeah. So I, I think on that one, to push back a little bit, I think you have to have clarity on that. You don't. have to, if You're not going to full understanding. I don't think even as forty year old forty one year old man, almost I have I don't have all understanding of things. But and I think other things begin to fill in over time. I think with the power of the Spirit in your life. Yeah. But I think having Jesus right in the sense of having an accuracy of who he was is important. Yeah. And probably impossible. To be saved if you don't have at least some biblical understanding of who he was yeah that's more than him just being a great teacher
2: yes yes i agree with that but him being a great teacher and being the propitiation of your sins is a totally different conversation like i do believe the atonement and the understanding of substitution he died for your sins and rose again is in a sense sufficient to understand and appreciate the person of christ is a growing thing because even me saying that he is the Son of God, like my mind cannot wrap around the glory that is in that statement. Right. So I think that some of it is the simplicity of just, you know, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Right. If if I shared with people, uh, you know, even John three sixteen where it says he gave his son. Right. Okay. Is that an understanding of him being God? I don't think necessarily. Does that mean that he... What is this relationship? What is this? It doesn't necessarily even mean his eternality or any of that. It doesn't really tell me much about even God the Father and his holiness, right? It just says that he loved us and he sent Jesus to die for our sins so that we would not perish but have eternal life. And part of... Again, I think that there's a simplicity to faith that a child can understand and a growing understanding of the appreciation of all that you have. The hardness of the heart is to take that which is glorious and make it mundane or common. And that's the opposite, I think, of what the Bible is actually drawing our hearts towards. And it sounds like the people here have become, uh, I would say, used to, perhaps, the tenets, another thing too. So maybe these are people who have itching ears wanting to hear the things that they want to hear. You know, maybe they do know the Bible and they just go, yeah, that's not as good as it was. And I just don't believe that. It it was nice when I was young, but now it's done. Modern science has disproven that. That's out.
1: I'm right. fully certain at age seven when I came to Christ that I knew what propitiation was and could certainly say the <laughs> word and spell it.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah, like I don't
2: No, obviously I'm using a terminology that at uh, five I didn't know, but I knew that He died for me. I think that's which is the point. Propitiation I think that's is. the point. Like yeah.
1: that, understanding the cross and the resurrection, I think are. <clears throat> Crucial things, right?
0: Um, right, uh, but this this pushes back into the mystery of salvation at some level because y- you guys are both right. We're, we're never going to have a full, complete knowledge of, and understanding of exactly what it means or who Jesus was uh, and exactly how salvation works. So at some level, God's willing to work within that framework of, it's never going to be a complete understanding. But then the question is, well, how much understanding is necessary but that also then pushes against uh, its uh, salvation by grace alone through faith alone. Yeah. Uh, and neither one of those are necessarily intellectual assent or understanding. It's God's grace alone, which is his kindness, and by faith alone, which is simply, uh, and we can define it different ways. Maybe this isn't the most accurate way, but saying yes to God, okay, you are Lord. Yeah. Um, And I don't know what the bare minimum requirements to have something considered faith might be.
2: Uh, It's interesting that you say that because I think of two examples in the New Testament especially. One, you have Apollos, who is going around preaching Christ as the Messiah, refuting the Jews. Yet he's taken by the couple, uh, was it uh, Aquila and Priscilla, who then teach him more accurately— the things concerning Christ. So he had a knowledge, but he was still wrong. Like he's not truly right on these things that he's telling people. And they're like, whoa, 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 let's help you have a better understanding. He was saved, but he was wrong and being corrected. Paul also in Galatians, he talks about, I presented my gospel to the apostles to verify that what he was saying was true, because he wanted to make sure that the things he's stating about Christ and about who he is, was true to those who actually lived with him. And he says, and finding no fault with what I was saying, they sent me out. So they verified his teaching. And I think that's something, too, is that we need to be understanding that if we are confronted with things that we assume are true, like perhaps we assume that, um, that I don't know, what are, what are the things Jesus there? Jesus was a great teacher, but he wasn't God? Yeah, like let's just assume perhaps that's, that's what people are taught. If I then confront that person and say, listen, here are passages that clearly indicate that God the Father and God the Son are equal. So one, they have an understanding that God is there, but then you have these passages that clearly, I would say, refute something that they're holding to. Then you start saying to people, okay, now what is your response to that truth? And again, if you're Being taught this, this person didn't come to this conclusion on their own. Uh, I think that perhaps it's just blatant ignorance. They have no idea. Or they heard it from someone who's trustworthy and reliable in their life, and they were wrong. I think that's the hard part is then discerning, okay, what, what part of those things that I'm holding to right now, that if I were confronted on those very things, would actually be totally wrong and unhelpful. And one thing I appreciate about even redemption and this understanding of these gospel takeaways and gospel focuses is because each one of us naturally turns away from that which is dependent on God for all things and turn more to things that are dependent on ourselves. I think that's the thing that I see in my own heart is that I know that God is constantly bringing to light the things that I believe inherently in my soul or in my flesh that are wrong, that are wrong and as the word of god confronts it what is my response to that very thing that i believe and it's not orthodox it's it's blatantly heretical like god's not good when bad things happen in my life right like i could easily say that i said that to my wife my wife and i were having a conversation i told josh this i said my wife hey do you feel like god loves you my wife looks at me and goes no i'm like yeah that's exactly how i feel now that is blatantly heretical like, for God so loved the world. Yeah, God, I, the, give it, The thoughts and opinions <laughs> expressed on this
0: podcast do not reflect those of redemption or but, its leadership. But we're going
2: through the Psalms, right? Josh, yeah. you've talked on how many times in the, in the Psalms. How many times does the Psalms go, God, where are you? Like, God's not going anywhere. He didn't go anywhere. Why are you asking that? Like that's almost a heretical statement that you would ask those things. You even mention it. Yeah. This past sermon. So I just, I find that yeah. comforting.
0: Well, and even to come back to your point about Apollos and Paul, and again, I'm not trying to present this as the model for what salvation is meant to look like, but it is a story in the Bible, uh, is the thief on the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Who I think the only real confession of faith is he tells the other thief making fun of Jesus to be quiet because Jesus didn't deserve it. Yeah, and just asks, "Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom?" And maybe from there we can deduce that there is some kind of you know theological understanding of Jesus as Messiah. But that would well over
2: him. his head it said King of the Jews. So he goes, <laughs> "Ah, he has a if he's a king. He must have a kingdom."
0: Yeah. So maybe that one isn't quite as, like, the bar is pretty low for what it means to be saved. Uh, But I don't know. What do you think, Josh?
1: I think it's good discussion. (laughs) I I think the statements that we shared earlier about evangelicalism are, you know, at times disheartening. We don't fully understand the context of all that stuff, though. Um, But, yeah, you know, I, I, I think we see and every believer continued understanding of the gospel of the scriptures and of who the God of the Bible is hmm. yeah and how that plays out in our life you know you mentioned paul getting affirmation about his message from uh, the other the apostles we could also talk about paul in galatians 2 getting up in peter's grill because yeah, yeah. he wasn't handling himself right in the sense of yeah. uh, tension with r- racial tension with Jews, Gentile stuff. And, and so Paul was setting him straight. Like there's more to learn there about who God is and how that shapes Peter's viewpoint yeah. and worldview. And I think that's true of all of us.
2: Yeah. He actually says that he denied the gospel, like that Peter was living contrary to the gospel. Yeah. so Which is true. Yeah. And that's, that's the danger is some of these statements would go contrary uh, to Josh's point. Some of these statements go blatantly contrary to the gospel. And those, I would say, are the top priority ones. Because as Paul writes, like, here are the things that I gave you of first importance. These are things you must know of first importance. And those things would be, like, just the basics of what it would be to understand the gospel. What what it is to be saved.
0: Right. Uh, I think a lot of these would... Uh, hopefully fall into that kind of first-tier theological, like these are things you really need to know and agree with, yeah. uh, that category. Uh, I will simply point out that throughout church history, this is not a new problem. Uh, people claiming to be Christian have kind of, there has always been a group uh, that has been outside of the lines of theological orthodoxy. I mean, there are stories from the first century of the Apostle John. And uh, who was the guy? I think it was a guy named Martian, uh, not Martian, but Martian, <laughs> uh, who came up with. It was essentially a worship song. So for those people who you know think anything goes in worship. Uh, this has kind of always been a thing, Uh, he came up with a worship song that basically was there was a time when he was not singing of Jesus Mm. and the fact that Jesus was created rather than eternally existing as the second person of the Trinity. Uh, And there's an old story about John being in a bathhouse somewhere Marcion walks into the same bathhouse and John runs out naked screaming, oh my gosh, the entire thing is going to collapse, because he was so convinced, and and rightly so, that Marcion was a, a heretic and was just terrified that the wrath of God could fall at any moment. Uh, so, all that to say, sorry, it's a funny story from church history, <laughs> all that to say... Like, there are people who have been denying that Jesus is God who have associated themselves with Christianity since the beginning. Now, that doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean, you know, hey, who are we to judge? Anything goes, because this is the reason that we came up with creeds at the beginning uh, and have continued to insist on certain theological doctrines uh, throughout the ages. And, I mean, the modern version of that today is uh, church membership, right? Uh, What do we call it here?
1: Covenant ownership.
0: Covenant ownership here at Redemption, where it's simple things where you make sure that you are in line with what we as Christians have always believed. That being said, yeah, there's always been a group. So this isn't like a new phenomenon. Like all of a sudden, starting in 2010, people just stop believing theologically orthodox things about Jesus. Um, maybe that that segues kind of into another question about when we see this, what is our response? Hmm. As a church, as individual believers, we see that people are denying that Jesus is God. We see that people think that we're just kind of good by nature uh, or have the universalistic impression that God just accepts the worship of all religions. One, maybe do you think this is kind of characteristic or true within redemption? Uh, And two, what, what should we be doing about this?
1: I'd say, one, we always got to make sure as believers in Jesus that we listen well. Listen to what people are saying and hearing and understanding. But secondly, I think we always need to make sure that we run first to the scriptures to formulate our theological insights and opinions. And so a lot of people give opinion today based on experience as well. So experience often can trump Uh, theological or biblical truth. The problem is the Bible. So always going back to the inspired word of God to remember what it is that God actually says is important. Now, the reason I think, I also, when I say listening, I I think about sympathy and empathy towards these kind of surveys because it actually, in some ways, should break our heart a little bit that we actually are hunger hungry and we exist for people to actually know the truth about who Jesus actually is, because therefore that empowers our mission. They can experience life change as well. But we must also remember that even when we have firm opinions on stuff, and a lot of it may be backed 100% by scripture, there are other opinions that we might have that other believers that also love the same Jesus you love, might have a little bit different opinion. Therefore, go back to one listening with empathy and, and sympathy. I think is I think is incredibly important because I think we're on a journey of always understanding on a deeper level who the God of the Bible actually is.
0: That's good. Um, yeah do you do you have anything to add to that, Charles?
2: Yeah, to add to that, I would say. One thing would also be the severity of which this is being proliferated in the culture. I think some of it is like the popularity of certain people. Like you might have a weird guy or a weird lady over there in the corner speaking on something, uh, perhaps animism or something where like reincarnation, stuff like that, like making headway into American culture. But then the things that are prolific, like those who are stated, even as you said, evangelicals who are teaching an errant doctrine that is captivating the hearts of the culture. I would say one of the things we might have to do is address that uh, openly within the context of the church, whether through preaching or speaking against it. I think one of the most common ones in America would be, you know, the, the gospel that, what is the, what is the actual prosperity gospel, right? Just the simplicity of saying that if God... Uh, if you follow God, you will gain that which is, uh, let's say, physically good, the the blessings hashtag blessed of this life, which is actually what I'm addressing this Sunday. Uh, the goodness of God is evidenced in the the physical ramifications or benefits that God gives you, and that's that's so desirable. Like that's that's what we all want. Like, and it's not by error that the devil is tempting even God's people with things that would draw us away from fidelity to Christ. Because when difficulty comes, what's going to happen? We're going to be upset. We're going to be like, "This this is not what we signed up for. But we sign up for something wrong. And so that's some of the things that I think we need to address on a regular basis, just the normality, or as John Piper says, you grow in your theology of suffering, right? What does it mean to follow Christ? It means to suffer. Uh, that's not that's not a welcome message, right? That's where Paul says this is where itching ears are not wanting to hear that anymore. They're gonna turn. They're going to turn to other people. But I think sticking true to that which is true, glorious over time, found to be um, on the path of um, I'd say sanctification. That which draws you towards God, not draws you away from Him, as we talked about uh, previously. And do it with grace and gentleness, right? I'm not yelling at people for perhaps ignorance. Uh, Perhaps they just need to be taught soundly. And it's always something I just read recently that the the gospel and the kingdom are always going to have to be reclaimed from age to age because we'll never be done doing it until Christ returns. So if we grow tired, like Peter says, it's not burdensome for me to remind you again the things that I need to speak to you. He's not burdened by that. Like that's. That's He understood, it's going to take you a while to get this. Sure, it took Peter a long while to get it to <laughs> Jesus. Right. God. I mean, how many times did Peter get rebuked openly by Jesus? And so just the patience of God is something that we need to exercise with people as well.
0: That's really good. Uh, thank you guys for the discussion. Uh, really appreciate it. A few things uh, maybe just to highlight again are, one is you're encountering these statistics. This is not a brand new thing. Uh, this has been around for a while. Uh, it's just kind of always existed. It is less than ideal admittedly, but this is not a brand new thing that is all of a sudden coming onto the scene. Uh, another thing to highlight is, you know, there, there cannot be an expectation that we would have a 100% understanding of everything that is true. It's just not possible. And even, I think, between the three of us who have done extensive theological study and, and investigations, uh, we're still admitting how little we know about the deep things of the faith. We which, probably know
2: about 22% of yep, the th- deep um, things of the faith. Uh, I'm going to
1: go with a solid 7% over
2: here, seven, maybe. <laughs> I was saying all three of us together. All three <laughs> okay. of us, yeah, yeah. That, if I have seven, yep. you have seven, JP is eight.
0: man, we're at 22. No, I
2: think we're all at seven, and then we get one bonus point for... That's
0: right. Yeah, (laughs) by our powers combined. Um, (laughs) So uh, where was I going with that? Oh, right, simply that we continue to be learners, uh, that we submit ourselves to biblical doctrine, and that when we are confronted with things that we don't know, that we're willing to submit ourselves to truth and not continue to insist on you know, whatever whims or ideas we may have created in our own head. So that that is another thing that I think is really important. Maybe you just don't know, and that's okay, but we do have a responsibility to, to submit ourselves to biblical doctrine. Uh, and then the last thing is just kind of what Josh said uh, a few moments ago about listening with sympathy and empathy, uh, to be able to listen to other people, actually hear what they're trying to say because – Maybe what they meant by one of these statements uh, was not exactly the way we would understand it. and We even got into that. I forget on which one, but asking questions about, well, what does that actually mean? Um, so, yeah, let's listen with sympathy and empathy. And uh, as a church, as a community of followers of Jesus, who is the way, the, the truth, and the life, let's commit ourselves to following the truth. Uh, well... Thank you for joining us here on The Post. If you haven't already, we'd encourage you to click follow, subscribe, or like on your podcasting app to make sure you get notified when we release an episode. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear those. Just connect with us via email, info at redemptionmi.org, or you can send us a message on social media, at redemptionmi on Facebook and Redemption redemptionchurchmi on Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.